I had a message, and I'm going to get to that message. But this morning, the Lord said, whoa, back up, Lisa Marie. I want you to say something before that. And I said, okay, well, Lord, what is that? And this is what he showed me. Now, I just want to say, I did say to you last week, that was probably the most important message I've ever preached. And I believe that. The law of the spirit of life, if that gets into our spirits, when, don't say, I'm not saying if, when we recognize that, we will walk in the fullness of Christ, as he has designed us to do. So, today's message is likened unto that one, sort of an extension of that one. So, this morning, or kind of really last night, he started speaking to me. I'm going to actually be reading out of the Aramaic translation in plain English, so I will apologize. Um, I have that for the second part of the message, but anything up there is going to be a different translation um, if they end up putting it up. So this is the Aramaic in, in plain English because Jesus spoke Aramaic. Um, so anyway, he just told me to go to John 14.1. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe in me. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe in me. The foundation, the entire foundation of our faith Beloved, you can be fearless in perilous times. I am speaking absolutely 100% fearless. I am fearless. You are fearless in Christ. And don't let the devil tell you anything different than that. Why can we be fearless? Because we have a risen Savior. We have the King of kings, the Lord of lords, El Shaddai, the Almighty, as our Father. As our Father. And he doesn't stay away. He has come near. He is nigh unto us, beloved. As a believer in Christ, he is in you. So, it says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe in me. And I think, that, well, you don't really care what I think. You care what the Word says. But here's the deal. I think <laughs> that the church has actually done the body of Christ a tremendous, tremendous disservice because there is one faith. There is but one faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? And I think, unfortunately, the way things have been preached, we get under a lot of condemnation, we, um, a lot of doubt. That's always from the devil. And we, we, seek, we have these questions like, do I have enough faith? Um, am I strong enough? Do I have what it takes? Um, is the anointing really working in me? Do y'all have those questions? Do y'all have those questions? Or am I the only one? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one. Okay, then I'm just talking to myself today. 
I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Thank you. I very much appreciate feedback. <laughs> I am never afraid of feedback because the Holy Spirit in me, Jesus Christ our Lord, always has the answer. Hallelujah, right? Okay. So anyway, I do believe that there has been a disservice done in the church, not intentionally, but you do not need a bunch of separate faiths. You need one faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You, it, it, you don't need to say to yourself, do I have enough faith for healing? Do I know, have enough faith to believe for prosperity? You see what I'm saying? Do I have enough faith for this? Do I have enough faith to overcome, you know, the fact that I, I don't feel forgiven? Do I have enough faith for forgiveness? You do, beloved. He says right here, this is what we do. Let not your heart be troubled. Do not be troubled. What's the answer? How can we not be troubled? Believe in God and believe in me. End of discussion. That's what you need to walk in the glory. Okay? All right. That's what you need to walk in the glory. So, in verse 12 of chapter 14 of John, it says, Timeless truth. I tell you, whoever believes in me, those works which I have done, he will also do, she will also do, and he will do greater works than these because I am going to the presence of my Father. That was purchased for you, beloved. The presence of the Father has been purchased for you. Jesus Christ ascended. He went back to the presence of the Father. And when you believe in him, you have the same spiritual blessing, the same spiritual position that Jesus Christ has. Now, you just got to build the relationship. You just got to let God love on you. Because if you let God love on you, you cannot help but stay in his presence and love him back. Right? If we just understand the love of God, that is his very presence. God is love. So anyway, let's move on. And anything, verse 13, and anything that you will ask in my name, I shall do for you that the Father may be glorified in his Son. He wants you to do his work through him so that he can be glorified. And you know what? He will make sure of it. All you do is you just love on him, you yield to him, you let him love you, and his presence will so invade your heart that you won't be able to do anything but what he wants. His will and his will alone. Okay? Verse 14. And if you will ask me in my name, I shall do this. If you love me, keep my commands, and I shall request from my Father, and he will give you another redeemer of the accursed. Uh, um, in, that's the Aramaic, the translation, that's the Holy Spirit. Okay? That he will be with you for eternity. As a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit is with you, in you, for eternity. What do you have to fear? Nothing. 
does not matter how violent it gets. It does not matter how wicked it gets. You have the Holy Spirit with you for eternity, speaking all truth. You have a great Father who is your protector. Hallelujah. That he will be with you for eternity. He is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Okay, that's unbelievers. Or, uh, bad word. Those yet to believe. <laughs> we don't want to call anyone an unbeliever. We want to say they are yet to believe. That's hope. That's speaking hope into their lives. Okay. Whom the world cannot receive because it has neither seen him nor known him, but you know him. You know him for he dwells in you. I didn't say that. The word says that. You have the greater one. You have the Holy Spirit, counselor, teacher, dwelling in you when you are a born-again Christian. For he dwells with you and he is in you. I shall not leave you as orphans. Well, Jesus did not leave us as orphans because he went to the Father and he sent the Holy Spirit. You are not an orphan. For I shall come to you in a little while. You are children of the Most High God. That's not the scripture. I was just making that statement. And the world will not see me, but you shall see me. That's a guarantee. Shall. That doesn't mean maybe. That means will. Because I live, you also shall live. The law of the Spirit of life. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. What greater promise could you have? Do you need anything else to walk victoriously in this life? Do you need anything else to stay in faith and hope and encouragement rather than fear? Nope. Just believe on the Lord Jesus and the Father who sent him. Hallelujah. Whoever has my commands and keeps them, he does love me. He who loves me shall be loved from my Father, and I shall love him. Get this. And I shall show myself to him. He is not keeping anything, no secrets from you. If someone shows themselves to you, they're not hiding anything. It's who they are, the truth of who they are, the reality of who they are, the fullness of who they are. That's what he's showing us. And that's all we need to live in these end times. Yehuda said to him, not Scariota, my Lord, how is it you are going to show yourself to us and not the same to the world? Yeshua answered and said, oh, this is so beautiful, and said to him, whoever loves me keeps my word, and my father will love him, and he will come to him, and we will make 
our lodging with him or her. In whose home are you residing? Go to the refrigerator and get some chocolate cake. He's not keeping it from you. What keeps it from you? What's the only thing that can keep it from you? Just your own doubt. And you're not going to have that because how did we start? Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe in me. Why is that so important? You see, when we trust somebody, truly trust somebody. Now, you're not going to be able to think of a single person on this earth that you truly, 100%, at all times, unwaveringly trust. But you can trust your father. You can trust your father. When you trust someone, you know that they've got your back. You know that they're there. It doesn't mean they won't discipline you at times. Right? We have to have hearts to listen. Right? What's one of the hardest things you can do? Go to your kid and say, hey, you know, I, I think you're kind of messing up here, but don't take it wrong. I love you. That's why I'm telling you this. So that's part of it. That's part of it. But see, we can trust him. Wholeheartedly, we can trust him. We can know his love for us. The more you rest yourself in the love of God, the more you will be able to trust him and the more your heart will be able to follow his will. Okay, so that's the part that I excluded, I guess, when I was supposed to get this message ready. <laughs> or whatever, so I'm going to go on to the message that I actually had for you today. And I'm calling it, well, the Lord spoke to me but to call it the key to the glory. But see, this is a precursor. We have to understand this, to understand the glory and what it is that's working in us. All right? So what is the key to the glory? What is the glory? What is the key to the glory? What is the glory? And here's another thing. So many Christians are, I'm sorry about that, so many Christians feel like they constantly have to chase the glory. I cannot tell you how often I get people coming to me saying, I just want to see the glory. I just want to see the glory. Have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Jesus lately? He, he was the glory of the Father. So have you looked into his eyes? Have you sought his heart? Do you know his heart for you? You don't need to say, I want to see the glory. Stop chasing the glory. Stop it. Stop it now. Today, understand what Jesus has done for you. Okay? Well, now, I can say that to you, but what's the important part? The important part is that I can prove it in the Word. Correct? Okay, well, that's our journey today. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. And the sooner we understand what God has deposited in us, the more effective we are going to be for him here. Okay? Okay, John 17, 5. Now glorify me, my Father, 
in union with yourself, okay, get this, key phrase, in that glory which I had in union with you. What is the glory? It is union with the Father. It is union with the Father. He says it right here. In that glory which I had in union with you. Are you a believer in Jesus? Are you in union with the Father? Are you full of the glory? (laughs) Hallelujah. In that glory which I had in union with you before the universe was. See, the glory is the union with our Father, and it is completely accessible to you. Jesus has given us very union with our Father. By his shed blood, by his death, the resurrection, his ascension. He poured his blood on the mercy seat, and he sat down. And you're there with him. Hallelujah. Jesus proceeded from union, and he returned. He was in union. He came here to show us a whole bunch of good stuff. (laughs) And then he went back. Hallelujah. John 16, 27. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me. You know Jesus. You've received him as your Lord and Savior. And have believed that I have come forth from union with God. We're just going to like hit this so hard today. He just keeps saying it over and over and over in verse after verse after verse. He makes no mistake but that you will get it. I have come forth from union with God, for I have proceeded from union with the Father, this is verse 28, and I have come into the world. What did he come here to do? To reveal the Father. To reveal the Father. To do the Father's will. John 17, 7. Now I know that everything whatsoever you have given me, this is Jesus, is from your presence. From the presence of the Father. Jesus brought it all. For the words that you gave me, I have given them. And they have received them and known truly that I have proceeded from unity with you. Isn't that awesome? And that's what you've got. Christ has given us oneness with the Father. Christ has given us unity with our Father. Redemption, reconciliation, wholeness, completeness. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Okay? We have received the glory. 
the same glory that was Jesus. John 17, 8. For the words that you gave me, I have given them, and they have received them and known truly that I have proceeded from unity with you. Verse 10. And everything that is mine is yours, and yours is mine, and I am glorified in them. See that? He's glorified in you. You're precious. Even the word ambassador seems to fail. Yes, you're an ambassador, but oh my goodness gracious. Lord Almighty, I am glorified in them. Those are the disciples. You know, you should read every single day this week, or for a month, or for a year, read John 14, 15, 16, 17, and let it get in your spirit. Just read it and read it and read it. Read them, read them, read them. So this doesn't say, I'm going to be. It doesn't say, oh, beloved, if you work hard enough. Does anybody see that in the scripture? It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, if you had had more faith for the last 40 years, you'd be doing a whole lot better. It didn't say that. It didn't say, well, if you'd had more faith for healing, if you'd had more faith for, for uh, provision, if you'd had more faith for protection, if you'd had more faith for forgiveness, it doesn't say any of that. We receive Jesus and he is glorified in us. Okay? And we walk out that relationship. Everything that is God's in Jesus Everything of God is in Jesus, and everything that is Jesus is ours, right? And when we truly receive that, his glory shines. John 17, 22. And I have given them the glory that you have given me. Wow. So that they shall be one, just as we are one, so that the world shall believe. Why is this so important for you to get into, for me to get into my spirit? So that the world will know. So that the world, you have a job to do. So that the world will know. So that the world won't know fear. Right? So that the world won't know doubt. Whatever the lie of the devil is, okay? Just put, put it in there. But so that the world will know him. The victorious one. The almighty one. Our loving father. The conqueror. The greater one in us. The world will know that when you believe you are the glory of Jesus walking here on this earth. I have given them the glory that you have given me so that they shall be one just as we are one, unity, so that the world shall believe that you have sent me, I, Jesus, in them, you, Father, in me, Jesus, 
so that they shall be perfected as one and so that the world shall know that you have sent me and that you have loved them. Not just believers. God loves everybody. That you have loved them just as you have also loved me. He loves you the same as Jesus. Why wouldn't he give you the same? He does not play favorites. And he wants the world to know that. Holy Spirit, we've been given, glorifies Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit takes all things and shows it to us. We just stay in love with Jesus. We just stay yielded. John 16, 13. But whenever the spirit of the truth comes, Holy Spirit, he will lead you into the whole truth. The whole truth. You do not need to be concerned, precious one. For he will not speak of his own will, but he shall speak whatever he shall hear, and he shall reveal the future to you. Do you need to have any concern over the times that are coming? Mm-mm. Nope. Absolutely not. Aren't you glad? <laughs> Aren't you glad? And he shall glorify me because he shall take that which is mine and shall show you. Didn't we read that a while ago in John 14? Don't you think he's trying to convince us of something? Don't you try, think he's trying to help us to understand what we are really walking in here? Everything that my father has is mine. Therefore, I said to you that he shall take that which is mine and he shall show you. Just like in John 14, he said he will show himself to you. He will make his lodging with you. He is in you. This is not something that you run and try to figure out how to grasp it. You receive the gift given into your spirit. You have been recreated in him. We talked about that. So, we must quit going through life as Christians thinking that there is something we are chasing. You see that? You're not chasing. Oh, what a wearisome. What a wearisome road that is. You are resting in what the Lord has done. The good things that the Lord has done for you. You are resting. Thank you, Lord. The beautiful things that he has deposited in you. So, Jesus himself tells us that he glorified God here on the earth by finishing the work that God had for him to do. Right? Everything that we do is to glorify our Father. Everything. That was Jesus' intent, to glorify the Father. How did he glorify the Father? He made the Father's name known. He revealed the Father unto the sons of men. Right? All of 14, 15, 16, 17 in John are talking. He's talking about the disciples and what he has accomplished through discipleship. 
and revealing the name of the Father. John 17, 4. I have glorified you in the earth. I have accomplished the work that you have given me to do. Jesus finished the work by revealing the Father. And guess what? You're going to do the same thing. That's what you do. That's what we do. That's how we roll. Right? Jesus finished the work by making disciples, by revealing the Father to us so that we could be united, so that we could carry out his mission here on the earth. And when we reveal the Father... When we allow the glory that's been deposited in us to shine forth, we are accomplishing the mission. Right? We are accomplishing the mission. Disciples, you're a disciple if you're a believer in Jesus. If you allow him to teach you. Right? You are his glory here on the earth. That's you, that's me. That's you, that's me. Say, I'm revealing the glory of the Father. John 17, 6. I have revealed your name to the children of men, those whom you have given me from the world. Yours they were, and you have given them to me, and they have kept your word. That's what we do. This is our game plan. Well, it's not a game. So, bad word. This is our mission. This is our map. Right? The glory of the Father becomes who we are in our unity and in our oneness with him. We are one with him. He loves us the same as he loved Jesus. Complete union. Union with the Father who is love. You are united with him in love. Love. We speak the truth in love love. We're not haters. Okay? We're commanders <laughs> of the word, but we are not haters of people's souls, regardless of where they are in life. We are lovers. We speak the truth, the word, in love. Okay. That's the glory. John seventeen twenty one that they shall be one just as you and my Father, just as you, my Father, are in me and I am in you, so that they also shall be one in us. How strong can he make it? How strong? Seriously, that's a, that's a real question. Could he make this any stronger? And I have given them the glory that you have given me so that they shall be one just as we are one so that the world shall believe that you have sent me. I in them and you in me so that they shall be perfected as one. Oh, I'm on John 17. Did I say that? I'm on 23 right now. And so that the world shall know that you have sent me and that you have loved them just as you have also loved me. Father, I will that those whom you have given me shall also be with me. You see that? He wants you with him. That they shall see my glory, which you have given me, because you have loved me from before the foundation of the world. So too you have been loved before the foundation of the world. And nothing that you do 
can change that. Nothing that you would ever do is bad enough to make the Father not love you. Nothing that you ever do is good enough to think that you have earned it. This is a free gift because you believe in Jesus, because you have received his Son. Okay? My righteous Father, verse 25, although the world has not known you, I have known you. And these have known that you have sent me. And I have revealed to them your name. That's all you need to do. Reveal who Jesus is to a hurting world. He's the one who shows up and shows out. Right? You don't need to be chasing manifestations, by the way. That's the wrong place to put your hope. You put your hope in Jesus you become the manifestation. He manifests through you. He will make sure of it. Right? He will make sure of it. You are the manifestation of Jesus here in the earth when you know who you are in Christ and you walk in it. You can't help but manifest him. He will show up. He does the healing. He does the protecting. He does the providing. Okay? So please stop resting in your own strength. That's not rest. I should say laboring in your own strength. You see what I'm saying? All right. And I have revealed to them your name, and I am revealing it so that the love which you have lo- with which you have loved me shall be in them, and I shall be in them. It is the love of God that is the glory in us. Union with him, who is love. And it allows the glory to be revealed through us. So, why is it important for you to know this? Why is it important for you to know this? Because when you walk it out, you are mighty for the Lord. You are unconquerable. Love is the greatest. Right? This is the only way that souls are going to get saved. This is the only way that disciples are going to be made. It's not going to be through political arguments, social arguments. It's not going to happen that way. It's going to happen through the word and the manifestation of Jesus, the glory of God, the Holy Spirit working through you. You are valuable, you are precious, you are important. He needs you. Yes, he needs you. He created each person in here individually, specifically, with certain gifts and talents and characteristics to reach certain people. So this is the only, knowing, knowing who we are, knowing the glory that's been it, placed in us is the only way that we can become salt and light to the earth. You are the ones to bring the glory here, to bring it to bear, to change the environment, to change the atmosphere, to change the hate. Only the glory of God through you will defeat the darkness. And you are called to defeat the darkness. It is the church that restrains the Antichrist spirit. 
And if the church were doing its job, when the church does its job, the atmosphere changes. You walk into a place, you take the glory, and demons flee. Darkness becomes light. Fear becomes faith. Weakness becomes power. You have the authority. You have the power. You have the dominion. You see that? You walk into a place. You say, God's in charge here. He's working through me. I am revealing his glory. If you don't do that, that's not good. If you believe the lie, if you believe that you don't have what it takes, the devil wins. I am fearless. I am fearless. You say that. I am fearless. I have come to impose the light of Jesus to dispel the darkness. You say that when you walk in a room. Hallelujah. Okay. Here's another thing. We hear all this talk about, I want revival, I want revival, I want revival. Well, excuse me, you're the revival. Excuse me? That's who you are. You are the revival walking into an atmosphere. You are the revival walking into the room. Revival is no longer a bunch of people getting happy in a church pew. It's not what it is. Okay, I'm part of the fivefold ministry. You are supposed to come here. You are supposed to be a member of a body of a church. Because I have a job from the Lord to edify, to build up, to strengthen. And you come together and you build up and you edify and you strengthen one another. We're not meant to be islands. Okay? But then you go out and you revive <laughs> others. <laughs> you transform others. You see that? You renew others. You bring the renewal. You bring the transformation. You bring transmutation. Do you all remember what that is? Does anyone remember what that is from last week's service? Well, I didn't do a very good job. <laughs> you know what transmutation is? It's changing from one form into another. It is a law. If you heat water, it turns into a vapor. Okay? You go. You change the form. You change the system, right? So, you go, where, where do you go? Where, where am I going to go, Lisa Marie? Well, you're going to go into the schools. If you have kids in school, you have a mission in school. It's your job. If you don't want your child being taught that they... are of bad character on the inside, you have a job to get into that situation and change what's being taught. Hmm? 
Bring it on. Bring it on. If you don't go in and change the system, then you need to make your own system according to the word of God. You need to use the word to do it. Train up your child in the way he should go. What's the way he should go? It's the word. It's the only saving grace. It's the only thing that is going to allow our children to dispel darkness, to exist in a world that becomes darker and darker. Okay? You raise them up. You admonish them day and night when they get up, when they lay down in the word. You see what I'm saying? You go ahead and get on the governing boards of your communities. You take the seat of someone who is promoting darkness, and you go in with the voice of God, you go in with the heartbeat of God, and don't say you're too old, don't say you don't know how to do it, don't say you're too young. We are equipped by our Father. We are in union with our Father. We have the Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? If it comes to money, why are you promoting businesses that allow a man to go into a woman's locker room? I'm sorry, when my little girls are in a locker room, I don't want a man coming in there and saying they have a right to be there because today they feel like they are female. That's dangerous. That is a dangerous culture. And you had better stop spending your money there. Now, I'm not trying to get political and social, but the word is the word. He cre- always go back to the word. If there is a spirit that you're dealing with, find it in the word. All right? So if the word says he created them male and female, are we going to allow something else? I don't want my girls walking into a locker room. Now, this happened in St. Louis. So I'm not just, like, making something up. Where do you get your coffee? I'm kind of on a roll today, aren't I? No, seriously, where do you get your coffee? Okay? Major coffee company. Promotes transgenderism. Now, can I stand against that by the word? Yes, I can. That's not hate. Because do we love every person? Did God love you when you told a lie yesterday? Does God love every person? And the most loving thing we can do is stand against the evil that has deceived that individual. That is the most loving thing that you can do. So, quit spending your money at the coffee place that promotes very strongly witchcraft, Satanism, and wrong identity gender-wise. I don't care how good the coffee is. 
I don't care how much you like it. Are you going to like it when you see that principality being strengthened in the world? Wake up. Employ your faith. Get a grip. Quit being babies. Your comfort is not the issue. Was Jesus comfortable when he took the lashes? Was he comfortable when they spat upon him? Was he comfortable when they humiliated him? Was he comfortable when those spikes went through his hands? Was he comfortable when the crown of thorns was placed on his head? So get out of your comfort zone and stand on this word. You are united with the mighty king of kings. He tore the veil by his death and by his blood so that you could be redeemed, so that you could be reconciled, so that your sin could be washed away. And he demands something of you. He's just a lot more loving when he talks about it than I am. (laughs) A demand was put on him. And he said, I will. He said, I will. I will do it for you. I will do it for you. I will do it for every person here. It is time for you to embrace the unity that you have with your father, that he purchased for you out of his great love for you, It is time for you to walk knowing who you are in Christ. He needs you to do this for him. You must. He wants every person, he wants to take every last person that he can, that will listen to be with him in eternity. And you get to be the helper. You get to be the helper. You get to be down here saying, I have come in the name of my Lord. Right? You're in the army now. I have come in the name of the King of Kings. I am a blood-bought child of the living God. He is mighty for me. In my weakness, he is strong. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because he wants me to and because it will glorify him. And I am here to glorify my Father. I am here to glorify my Father. And I know you are too. So, this was not meant to be a reprimand. That all just sort of came out. (laughs) It was meant to be an encouragement of who you are in union with your Father. What you can do in union with your Father. Because he loves you so very much and you have been reconciled, you have been redeemed, you have been forgiven, and now you are a powerhouse for him. Hallelujah. Very glory of him walking here on the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay.
So we're going to take communion. We take communion. We do not do this as a ritual. It is not a ritual. It is.